0: Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our vision and our hope as a church is to be a church in Fond du Lac that reaches people who are not connected to God and also to reach people in a way that's positive, relevant, and real. So hopefully our style is something that you can get used to and just be a part of, but we want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here, and we want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. Now, with that, we're kicking off a new series called Win at Home this week. Does anybody like winning? Who are my winners out there? I guess when I say it like that, right? But who is the person that takes every board game or lawn game way too seriously? You can point at them if they're in the room. Who's the person that makes everything a competition in your family? Who can put your hand up the fastest? All right, I just won, by the way. I didn't know if you knew that. I now see who my people are out there that I need to like, compete with. But I do want to clarify, I did just win. So. Um, but <laughs> I get extremely competitive. And I know it's not the most healthy perspective on life to have to win all the time. But I want to give you a little bit of that perspective for you for a second. And maybe there's some people that are similar to me on this. I love winning at all things. Games. Games. Life, work, athletics, success, and that's been something that's been with me even on as a child. Uh, As a kid, I I had a win in, in the sports I did, in the games I played, even getting like the best grades or the best comments or the best reviews from like teachers or other people. I even like It got as silly as, like, I wanted to pick the best meal, like, at the dinner table. Like, you know, if you were ordering something, like, ooh, you guys should have got what I got, you know? Like, I had to pick everything. Everything was a competition to me. And as a kid, I learned early on that I should just avoid things that I wouldn't win at. So I avoided a lot of things. And some of that carried over into my adulthood, unfortunately. So today, I don't play certain things anymore. I don't do golf, because this is pretty much me. Like, I just swing and a miss. I don't do basketball really anymore, like, I I can't, even though that would be awesome if I was in the NBA, but like, my layups look like that, Uh, and fishing is a nope for me too, like, literally, I just, it's it's a mess for me. Uh, (laughs) If I'm not winning, or the best at it, I avoid it, primarily because I know I'm going to ruin it for everyone else by just complaining and being crabby the whole time, but it's my natural instinct to just avoid it even if I like it. Anyone similar to me? You don't have to share, I guess, but winning can be great, right? Winning can be great and doing things to win can be great, but when it comes to the big things in life, you can't just avoid the things you're not good at. You can't avoid having thoughts about yourself, whether they're the winning thoughts or losing thoughts. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid maintaining relationships, whether they're what you want them to be or not. You can't avoid being in a community and and not engaging with it, whether you love what your community is about or not. If we don't win at these things or see ourselves as good at them, it isn't something we can just avoid because they have to happen, right? We have to engage with these things, whether we are winning at them or losing at them. Well, if you're a follower of God it just doesn't feel right that God would want it to be miserable for his children or for them to feel like they're always losing in these areas. So in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at some God-given direction from the Bible on how we can win in certain areas of life, or more specifically, how we can win at home. No, I'm not saying just believe in God and just believe in God and you'll have everything, nothing bad will ever happen to you, or just believe in God and you're going to have amazing relationships, or you'll be super rich, or you'll always win. I'm not saying that at all. But what if God has given us in Scripture some structure, some guidelines in our lives through the Bible to help us with particular areas of life, to experience true, purposeful victories today, starting today? Again, things like having a winning mindset, one that can. Fight negative thoughts and push you to accomplish big things. One that helps you have winning relationships. Having a, a spouse that you actually enjoy being with. Your kids, your family, your, your friends. Having winning relationships. People you want to be around actually. Or experiencing wins by helping others. Helping the community. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be one that experiences those wins. Winning's fun, right? It's enjoyable. It's positive, And I personally love it. Yet, if I'm honest about where I'm at with some of these things personally, my thoughts, my relationships, why I do what I do for others, I feel I haven't experienced the full win that I think God intends for us. Or, in other words, I've gone through some stretches of losses, and I'm guessing you have too. Each week, this, this series, we're going to talk about how to win in particular ways. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how, we can, how God's given us these, this instruction to win some of the internal mind battles that we go through. How do we fight negative thinking? How do we fight depressive thoughts? How do we fight anxiety? And we're going to talk about that next week. Week three, we're going to talk about all about how to win relationally. like How you can win in having a relationship with your spouse or your friends or your family members that you actually desire. And then week four, we're going to talk about how to experience more winning while helping others win. Before we cover any of these, though, this week, we first need to talk about foundation. Foundation, because winning in any of these areas, they all pull from where you seek your grounding, your truth. Foundation, it's important, right? You want something solid for a foundation. Otherwise, it's going to crumble. When I think of solid foundation, this is what came to mind for me. It was like strapping things to my truck You know, like strapping things down, it's like I wanted it solid. This foundation struck like just there. Uh, I haul a lot of stuff at home. Bikes, surfboards, kids' toys, kids' toys, kids' toys, wood, bounce houses. Yeah, by the way, we got a new bounce house. I hauled one of those strapping that down. And like every time I strap something down in my truck, this is basically me. I kind of think like this statement, like strapping it, strapping it, strapping it. Don't oh, say it. Don't 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 say it. Not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. Don't say it. That's not going anywhere. Anybody relate with that? Or it's gonna be fine. I think it's good enough. You know, like it's gonna be great. I'm pretty good at strapping things down. I'm good, not perfect. There's been some casualties. But the foundation to strapping, right, to strapping things, is it has to be solid. You can't just strap things down to things that aren't solid, right? Like this guy, if you, see a, if you don't see the problem with that, talk to someone afterwards. Or this guy, that's just an issue. Or this guy, right? You need a foundation. You need a foundation, a solid one to hold whatever it is you're hauling. And in life, with your thoughts, your relationships, and how you serve others, do you have a solid foundation of what you're strapping those things to? Fortunately, creating a foundation is what the most sermon in the world addresses. Throughout this whole series, we're going to be referencing what's referred to in the church as the Sermon on the Mount, Uh, and it's in the Bible, it's in Matthew 5 through 7, and it's not only like Jesus' most famous sermon, it's also Jesus' longest sermon. Don't worry, it's not going to be my longest sermon, so you're good. That's why we're splitting it up into four weeks, all right, so uh, you're welcome for that. But Jesus, what he does is he specifically teaches on what a winning foundation looks like. It's in Matthew 7:24 is where it starts. It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is telling us foundation built on God's word, God's ways, is one that's built on a rock. It's the singular slab which is his ways alone. Whereas anyone who hears the words of God and doesn't put them into practice is like building on sand. This is a parable that like is pretty like obvious, right? Like it's, it's no like mystery. It's, it's natural science, right? Like rock is better than sand, right? We just, we all know this. Rock is better than sand. As a dad of a two-year-old, I'm a uh, I'm teaching this like through like constructing like we make sandcastles and my daughter literally destroys everything crush. We make a like a log cabin kick. We make Legos kick. But rock rock is solid and she's starting to see that hopefully. But as you think about your life, what would you say your foundation is built on? Your whole life. Is it hard work? Is it trying to earn enough? Is it trying to make smart choices? Is it to save enough or network well? Is it to be nice or be kind? Is it to be the strongest or best? Is it God's ways? Is it a mixture of some of those? I'm saying this for all of you to reflect on and not respond verbally, but I want you to, to get the real answer today and be raw and not just beat around the bush but and give like the correct church answer. Answer That's not what I want. I don't want you to just be like, mm-hmm. I attend church, I serve a bit, I give a bit, I pray once in a while. So yeah, like God's my foundation. Is that really true? Is it really true? If it is, that's amazing. But God should be the sole foundation, the thing that things are built upon. If I'm being completely honest with you about where I'm at with this question, I would say God's ways are my foundation, but it's put alongside others. My foundation kind of looks like this, actually. Uh, it's God, then there's hard work and, and money and the house and family success, like the, the network of people, influence, being kind, my ability, my spouse, my intellect. All these things are kind of in my foundation. That, that is my foundation. And when I see these foundations, all of these, as equal to God's ways and God's words, I've realized my foundation looks more like the makeup of sand, Right? You want to know why sand doesn't make a good foundation? It's multiple granules of things that are seen as equal. Equal things that don't mesh. A rock is one substance, a substance that's meshed together in a prescribed way to make one solid. Again, if I were to ask you, what's your foundation look like? Is it God's ways in the mix with everything else? Or is it God's ways first and then some of the other things maybe on top of that. Because I'm not here saying like, that hard work or networking or having success are bad things. Like Honestly, I'm a big believer in those things. Like, that's a little bit of my opinion, but those are some of the things I believe in as well. They just shouldn't be our foundation, especially if you want to win at home or win in life the way the creator of the universe intends us to. If we go back to the, the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to look at it all, all month long, but it gives us clarity on what a foundation of rock or of God's ways actually looks like. It addresses a ton of different things. I'm going to fly through a couple of verses for you. It talks about our character in Matthew 5.19. Like you can just see that it talks about our character should be about caring for the least of these. Uh, our status. Our status, it talks about Matthew 5, 3 through 4. God blesses those who are poor. He blesses those who mourn. Like We have a status of blessing when we go through trials. God says our actions in Matthew 5, 16. He wants, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. He wants us to have actions that are, that are good. Money and possessions. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys Wherever your treasure is, there's your desire of your hearts. He tells us what we should do with our money and our possessions. Judgment towards others. Hypocrites, first get rid of the log in your own eye. He gives us all this direction in the Sermon on the Mount. These are things that are to be your foundation. That's what it looks like to have God as the foundation. Put first before you add any of your own theories on life. Because if they're co-equal, when they conflict, you don't have the winning strategy God intends. Hard work, it's great, right? Hard work is great, it's effective, but when you put hard work before God's desire for you to care for others, we lose. Make enough money, right? It it could be such a good thing to make enough money, but when it lures you away to make decisions that go against the character of God, we lose. To be kind and a loving person, that's great, but when it forces you to not speak loving truth, we lose. To get a nice house to live in one day, or that could be really great to care for your family or your kids. But when that's brought in the tension of it maybe ruining your opportunity to serve those in need, or maybe you're just always doing maintenance, we lose. Right. To do what, we, what it takes to have success, that hobby, that passion, that dream, to be good at it, it could be great. But when it forces you to be a critic or judge others to gain influence, we lose. You see what I'm getting at here? Before we can truly win in areas of life as God intends, we need our foundation to be Him and His ways. And then the theories our theories for life can come after that. But if I go back to the original passage we started with, it says, "People who hear." Matthew 7:24, "Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine." we're doing that now. We're hearing them, but it's more than that. It says after. Then, put them into practice. That's the second part. There's two steps, to hear and to put to practice. Are you doing that? God hasn't given us direction to lose, to be miserable in life. If you thought that's what being Christian is all about, and you're like, I, that's not my thing, Like to, be, to always lose and to be miserable, that's not my thing. I think you've actually misunderstood the fact that God actually cares about you. He cares about your life. He hasn't given us direction for life today for nothing. Jesus wants his people to win. He wants to guide us in what he knows is best for us. He wants us to experience life to its fullest, to experience a life of purpose and meaning the way he intended. The winning, it might look a little different than what many of us maybe had in mind originally or what culture has formed as a win, but if you truly have a foundation on God's word, you can experience wins. And again, that winning can bring some great moments of fun, joy, excitement that you get from other life wins we talked about early on. So if I go back to our original question that we started today with, is God your foundation? Have you set your sights on seeing life as one that should win in God's eyes or win in your eyes? If it's not God's, what's the thing in the midst of the foundation holding you back on that? I want you to think about that for a second. What are you assuming from your knowledge is best versus what God instructs that will bring you wins at home to your life? I mean, to list a few that just come to mind for me, if I I have or work hard enough to win enough money, then I can do God's ways. Then I can do God's ways. If I just have the right person or right spouse with me, then I can do God's ways. Or if I have the right kind of behavior or the right kid with the right behavior, then I can have some wins. Or if I have the right job with the right pay with the right flexibility, then I can have some wins. I'll put God as foundation. If I have the right house or I have the right fun thing to entertain my kid or the right thing that's going to give me relief the boat, the ATV, the car, the cabin, whatever it is then, then I'll make God my foundation. Have you thought those things before? I can list those things pretty easily because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have felt it. I've chased it and I've acquired some of those things, yet I still feel I'm losing at times. They honestly have allowed, they haven't allowed me to win any more than it was when I had life without them. You might be feeling that right now. I need these things before I can put God as foundation. After I get these few things, then I can do God as foundation. If that's you, know you're not alone, but know that's, that God wants to change you. God wants to change you. It's not the way he wants to help you win. He wants to be the sole foundation to then help you experience wins. There's a time in Scripture where we literally see people go back and forth of like wanting God as their foundation, and they're like, "Nah, we're gonna do it our way. I want God as my foundation. Nah, we're gonna do it our way." Back and forth. It actually made me think of like you know the kids like when they do like "Eeny, meeny, miny, moe." It made me think of like a song way back when I was like a kid. It's called "Eeny, meeny, miny, moe" with Justin Bieber and Sean Kingston. I don't know if you're any Bieber fans. Here's a little clip of it. Eeny, meeny. It makes me feel old to see Bieber that young. Wow. All right. I feel old. But we make eeny, meeny, miny, mo decisions sometimes and choices. I'm making light on this situation using eeny, miny, mo and talking about Bieber or whatever to kind of ease the pain because I can identify with letting God be my foundation for a bit and then letting my own ways come in. I do it all the time. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It's not correct, but it's been the way of God followers for years. And it makes me think it might be yours too. It might be yours too. And there's a really clear example of, of this in the Old Testament of how we can rectify this. Uh, it's, if you go to the Old Testament in Exodus, God's people are in slavery, uh, and they're, they're, they're in slavery by the Egyptians, and they're just, it, life is miserable for them. Well, what happens is, is God promises something to them. He says this in Exodus 5, 7 through 8. It says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am your Lord, your God, who brought you from, you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So what happens is like God, God promises this. Moses, you maybe have heard of him. He frees God's people from slavery through, through God's uh Thousands of these people are now heading out of slavery. They're, they're going to the promised land or this area that God promises them. And he, he just says, follow me, follow my ways. I'll, I'll take care of it from here. Just like just, just follow what I say. Well, literally, the Israelites, these people that are free, they're following God's ways for a bit. But then opportunity arises and they decide, oh, I think we want to do it our way. No, I think we're good in this area. We want a different leader, God. Uh, No, God, we we want different food than what you provide. No, God, we we want uh, to get our land a different way. Or, uh, I don't think we're going to win that battle that way. All the time, it's back and forth. And they literally experience wins and losses in their decisions about these things. Eeny win, miney, loss. Eeny, you know, like literally back and forth. What happens is God eventually still fulfills his promise. He gives them the land this promised land, and he prompts the leader of the people when they get to this land to make a permanent change. It was with a leader named Joshua. And what happens is Joshua reflects on all these wins and losses with the people because it was a journey of this big victory, right? They they finally got to the land, the promised land. And Joshua says this, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He's observant of what's happening, and he gets to a point where Joshua Kind of draws a line in the sand, so to speak. He puts a foot down. He declares. He confesses. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I mean, you've probably heard this verse before if you've been in the church world before. You maybe have it on a, in a picture in your house somewhere. You've maybe thought it at some point. But have you spoken it to existence? Have you spoken it to who you are as a person and meant it? Has it become real to you? Has it become a conscious thought, a daily reminder? Have you declared it into your foundation? Your foundation of having God's ways be what forms how you think about yourself. Having God's ways be how you do relationships. Having God's ways help you make decisions on things. I have. I I have. And I wish I could tell you it's this one-and-done decision. Like, just do it and it's done. Like, you're good. But it's a daily profession. It's a constant declaration of the mind and the will that honestly I struggle with at times still. I never want to come across as like the pastor who's got it all figured out up on stage, so sorry, that's just not this, this type of church. If you're looking for a perfect pastor who's got all the answers, it's not here. I'm sorry. But what I can give you is authenticity. And right now, I want to be open with you a little bit on this, this topic the profession of, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As I think about that and I've personally reflected on that, I've realized that I've taken it actually quite literal and in not a good way. Uh, some of you maybe have heard me talk about this before, but, but my wife and I, we had a house fire about two years ago uh, where our whole house basically had to get gutted, redone, took about six months, we're out of the house with a newborn. It was, it was a rough six months. Uh, but when we finally got back in, it was like, this is amazing, life is so great, Woo, it's so comfortable. But I've realized my house, actually, my house literally has been my foundation. And for lack of a better word, it's been my sanctuary. Safety for my family. House is my stuff. It's where I seek my comfort, my relaxation. It was like having a new house when we got in, and I could just count on it and refuel in it. Yet now that we've been back into the house for the last two years, there's maintenance again. I've got to fix things that I don't know how to fix. and I, This house, it's not giving me the rest it used to, or at least the rest that I was expecting to give me. And literally, I can't rest in it like I used to, and I've been experiencing a bit of restlessness in my sanctuary. My house was at my foundation where I refueled with some God. But I'm realizing it was the house, more the house than God. And if I'm applying what God teaches, God doesn't want to be in a foundation with my house. You maybe can relate. Maybe for you it's not a house, it's different. Maybe it's your body. Like you saw it as foundation, your ability, your health, your looks. And yeah, it's you're struggling in that area. Maybe it's your money, of what you what it could do for you. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your position at work or your success. You win for a while, but eventually a trying time comes. God doesn't want to be a foundation mixed in with those things. He wants to be, as the psalmist says, like be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. The rock and fortress. Do you want to quit going through the highs and lows of things and your foundation? Do you want to have a constant? Do you want this space where you can always experience forgiveness, acceptance, and be there and experience comfort and have this refuelment? you want a relationship that doesn't need repairs? Set God as your foundation. Sure, you're still going to have trying times with God. It's not like perfect or easy after you, you have that. But have a foundation. Have a foundation that will always hold you up when all else can be taken away and can crumble. I've owned a house for about 10 years now of, or of my life, and I've realized the, the more I've aged, the more of a hoarder I've become. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Like, where did I get so much junk? Like, does it just keep happening? Do you just keep acquiring more? I feel like, yeah, I, I've become like a hoarder. Uh, but anyways, like, I just acquire more and more stuff. And all the stuff I was, like, pretty excited about. Like, yay, we got a new grill. Pool, chairs, couch, TV, another TV, another one. You know, bed. Like, it was cool. It was great at the time. But I've learned literally all of those things. There's, like, a timeline. They just... They age, they get older, they deteriorate, they need to be replaced or repaired. Even though I was thinking like, ooh, I got the best one, this is going la- to last, Like this is going to be amazing, like 10 years from now, it's going to be so great. No, <laughs> they've just gotten worse over time it seems. I was trying to think, what are, what are guaranteed things that can get better over time? There's not a lot, there's not a lot. Any of my other foundations that I had on there could fail me. They could fail me. But a foundation on God's word, God's ways, God's desire for us to win, that will never change. It will be a constant, and it will only get better. So today, what do you need to do to set your foundation right? Do you need to commit to having your foundation be God for the first time? Maybe that's your decision today. You might be sick of doing it with other things or maybe you need to commit to letting God's ways be a part of your life for the first time. You know it hasn't worked well on your own. You've had some losses. So let's try this new foundation. Tell God you want to be in a relationship with him and, and through what the promises that Jesus says in the Bible, it says we can all be connected to God today and forever when we say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me and I want you to accept me who I am. Would you please do that? And you can have that that relationship, that foundation, and set that right today. I'm going to do that in a prayer in a second, and you can say that to God, and that could be your time to finally say, yes, God, I want you to be my foundation. Maybe you're here, though, and you've done that before, but you're realizing you need to make God the primary foundation instead of just one in the mix. For you, what that looks like is maybe being open to His ways in all areas of life, and setting that first, not setting some other opinions or theories you have alongside God. This week's, this week's message, it's, it's meant to be a foundation, and it's meant to be a foundation, actually, of where we're going for these next few months here at Centerpoint. Um, the next few months, we, we hope to guide you in what it actually looks like to have God as a foundation, but then now, what does that look like in your life to, to really seek God's ways first over anything else, so this month we're going to continue to talk about relationships, you heard me say. We'll talk about how to like our, talk about our minds. But then next month we're actually doing a two-month-long series, and it's called It's Decided. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about things that should already be decided ahead of time before you, you encounter them. When it comes to anybody who's a follower of God, and you, when you have him as your foundation, things should be decided. Like, you should already have it be decided that you're going to be consistent. You're going to be devoted. You're going to be generous. You're going to be loving and faithful and and a finisher and ready for God. If that's you who now needs to set that foundation right and is excited about learning of what that even looks like, be here on Sundays. Be here on Sundays and, and make that a priority in your life. But not only that, I want to give you a chance to declare what Joshua said to declare. Declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe for you, you need to post this somewhere to make it a daily profession for you. Post it in your car, post it on your mirror, wherever it is, declare it, and then live it. If that's you, my action for you is to put that somewhere, and then it's also to study the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be going through that all month long. Read it this week. Read through it and let it change you and give you action to God being your foundation. I'm going to pray that no matter which one we're at or what, whatever action we feel is it, God is maybe prompting in us, I pray that we can declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and then take the next steps needed so that we can go on a journey together of, of letting our foundation be what it should so that we can win at home this fall. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, some of us right now are saying for the first time, we are sick of having other things be our foundation. God, we want to put you as a foundation for the, for the first time. We're saying, God, we, we want you to be this foundation to influence all areas of our life. So, God, we just pray that you help make that happen, make that easy for us. And then, God, some of us are saying, we've, we've sorry, God, but we've added you into the mix of all these other things. Help us figure out how to put you as the sole foundation instead of one amongst the mix. And then, God, some of us are saying, God, help us actually act on this. We want to confess, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Help us profess that to you consistently. Help us make action from that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.